to you from the City of Roses. This is a broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, we have Savannah Carmichael, the CEO of My Addiction Skincare, coming on our show to talk about really a very difficult year. If you guys haven't heard, <laughs> I'm sure you have, in California, they shut us down for, gosh, eight or nine months of the last 12 or 13. It's been insane, guys. There's just been no breathing room. And it has been very difficult. And I know some of you overseas in Canada or in England and other parts of the world, it's been the same thing, or maybe New York and so forth. You've also been severely limited. Savannah recently posted a month or two ago that she was going to move. She's leaving California. She was going to Arizona to set up a new life and a new salon. And we really were like, what? What? I mean, she's been here, guys, for a long time, for over 10 years, and she's built an empire. She had up to, at one point, three salons and had ex- really plans to expand to a fourth and keep going, really kind of conquer Southern California. She was becoming the, one of the go-to salons down here in Southern California, and we've known about her for years, and we're always impressed by just her just go-for-it-and-just-never-stop attitude. And then COVID hit, and everything changed. The whole world ended, and she had to close one salon. Then she had to close a second salon. And then she was deciding, what are you going to do with the other one? And she just goes on and talks about this whole crazy tale of building a business in Southern California during COVID. So we thought this would be really hopeful, actually, while there's a lot of you know, heartbreaking in the sense of having to let go of certain things, but she is one who just doesn't stop and is always looking for new options, new dreams, new opportunities to take advantage of, and she shares that, and I think you'll find this episode to be extremely, actually, inspirational. So we're really grateful for her to come on to share some of this stuff and just share her heart and let you guys know what she had to go through and what she's planning on doing and how she's pivoting and changing, and hopefully if you're in that situation and you've been forced to be shut down, hopefully you'll be inspired to keep fighting, to keep going, and find your path, your your unique path that you can only take, and hopefully you'll get that from Savannah. And in fact, I know you will. Now, before we get into that, though, let's real quickly, I want to do a, a big shout out first to Borboletta, because Borboletta is one of our big sponsors. Actually, been with us for the last two years and actually sponsored our ill-fated last cruise also. That was about a year ago this time that we had to cancel. But we want to give a big shout out because their Borboletta online campus, they want to promote to you guys and let you know about. And we have a promotional code for you, by the way. So Keep on listening. In case you've been thinking about taking their online classes, this is your chance. They really want to invite you to come and be part of their online campus. Their leading courses are now just a click away and from a hands-on interactive experience. Now, here's a few things about what they're doing that make them unique. First, their learning is very flexible. You can build all your skills in a very convenient way from any location in the world. You can go on vacation and you can take your Borboletta classes. They also have a cutting-edge curriculum. It's interactive. You learn from all the foundational techniques to the latest trends available. It's also extremely accessible with affordable price packages with all the school supplies you could ever need. Plus, you'll get full certification. All your last certificates are available from one place. So you don't have to go from here to there. You can get your classic, you can get your volume, and so forth, guys. It's definitely the whole caboodle, all one shot. Now, and I can't believe I used the word caboodle. Um, never before has there been a better time to invest than right now, guys. Have you been spending this last year just trying to survive, but now we're around that getting around that corner and ready to get going. This is the time to invest in your learning, to level up your skills, and they're going to give you a promo code. It's LASHCON100. And what do you save? You save $100 off any Borboletta course, guys. So today, go to Borboletta 
go to their page or go to their Instagram and sign up for that class today and say, hey, Paul sent you. Well, you don't have to say Paul. You're just going to put the code in. <laughs> All right, so that's LashCon 100. All right, guys, a couple quick announcements for us. As you know, we're doing our Apple Podcast Review Giveaway, which means if you go on and post a review on our Apple Podcast on that platform and screenshot it and email it to paul at lastcastpodcast.com you'll get entered into our drawing for two hundred dollars we just gave away two hundred dollars earlier today so now we're resetting the everything and we're going to start over again for march go do that give us that review and we'll as a thank you'll be entered into this and hopefully you will win that two hundred dollar amazon gift card last we also have our last cast insider club it's the coolest club in the world, guys. It's a club that lets you be part, um, get discounts for LashCon, for our webinars, and for upcoming coaching programs. So you don't want to miss out on that. Please sign up for that. Go to the, our Instagram page, link in the bio, and sign up today. All right, guys, that's all the announcements and all the fun stuff. Now let's get into what I think is really an insightful and hopefully encouraging talk where we sit down with Savannah and talk about what's it been like running a business in the middle of COVID in California and why she decided to shift things and change things up and move to Arizona. Hey guys, we are here in the last cast studios, excited to sit down with Savannah and talk about her journey over these last few months, because a lot has happened since LashCon when we actually sat down and had her on a panel and we talked about salon ownership, and then she goes out and does all sorts of crazy stuff. So, <laughs> so welcome to the show, Savannah. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you guys so much for allowing me to be here and talk about my journey. Yeah, yeah. No, we're really excited. Just as a little background for us with you, I believe our first time we met you was about two or three years ago at our Christmas party. You came out to our Christmas party when we had our salon too. Oh, and you and your army came to our party. It was like we had like 80, 90 people there. I think one out of eight people were your people. It was, it was so pretty, much fun. Pretty, <laughs> so, True. So she's Very in important. our backyard. She, well, she was, as we'll get into that. In our backyard, sort of still is, and she's going to explain a little bit. But before we get into all that, well, I thought it'd be great for people, just in case someone has not stumbled upon you before with your social media or anything like that. We'd like to know a little bit about you, maybe just real quickly, how you got into beauty, how, why lashes, why not uh, selling milkshakes or something else <laughs> exciting. <Right. laughs> Some quick information: I'm a third generation entrepreneur, so it's bred in me. It's like in this your is- blood. It's in my blood straight out of high school. Actually, was a makeup artist. I worked for Mac. And so I learned a lot about that. A girl there had talked about like, I'm going to esthetician school. You should go. The hell? I don't want to pop people's pimples. I'm not into that. And (laughs) long story short, I went, I went straight to booth renting. I had makeup clients and then started doing facials and waxing. And a client of mine actually talked to me about an opportunity of working in a dermatology office. Mm. My, this is back in 2009 and he had said, Hey, why don't you come? And they're hiring an esthetician, makeup artist. If you can imagine Mac, I was done up the most. So it's a look, right. Any chance. Yeah. Anyways, I was very fortunate, got hired. I worked for him for a couple of years. He is actually, I worked with a lot of cancer patients. Mm-hmm. That doctor is the one that actually sent me to Nova Lash training. Oh, and that's in 2009. So wow. I should probably send him a thank you card. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 12 years later, here I am and I'm having studios and people under me and I'm fully a hundred percent a lash artist. I, we don't do any other services. So now you, great. you started as my skin addiction, right? So did that change into just lashes from skin care, I guess? 
Correct. So trademark wise, we're still my addiction skincare. Um, Obviously, when I went to open the first original, we offered everything under the sun, as I'm sure everyone does. Anyone wanted to pay for anything, we were willing to do it. I'll wash your car. I can do it. (laughs) You need that perfect. Absolutely. Um, We we learned a lot. And I'm a book reader. And I, I think I feel if you're an entrepreneur, you should. You should do a lot of your research. I love, love, loved um, the autobiography of In and Out. They talk oh, yeah. about the family, and they the one of the main quotes was "Do something, but do it well, and be known for it." Yeah. I know a lot of people know about In and Out or may not, but they literally serve two things yeah. or three: a cheeseburger, some fries. Take it; they'll yeah. flip it, reverse it. They even got smart with a secret menu. Yes. You know, marketing at its best. So for us, we actually really started to limit it where now it's, we do eyelashes and facial waxing. That's it. Nothing else. Yeah. That's really when we started, by the way, our name originally was Integrity Skin. That was the name of our salon back before we switched it to Integrity and then went to Integrity Last. Cause really, like you said, same idea. We're like, I don't want to be known for teeth whitening. I don't want to be known for spray tans. I don't want to be known really even for facials, even though Tess still did a few clients. We really want to be known for, for lashes. lashes. That's it. Right. And also, we even took our menu after In and Out. It's funny you should say In and Out. <laughs> we simplified our menu. We literally had three prices: new set, hour and a half fill, um, fill two hour fill. That's it. We didn't have yes, hybrid. We didn't have volume. We didn't have classic. Two week fill, two week fill eight week, week fill. fill. That is us right now. It's a full set. I have three different tiers of lash artists, and it's either an hour fill and ready or a full set. That's it because. Once you start getting too much and like that book, it stated you get too, too many confusions with clients that don't understand. So you simplify it. Yes. I don't know about you, but I don't know how salons do it if they have a front desk and they have like 80 options. It's like, hi, I'd like to get a new set of lashes. Okay. Do you want a, I mean, back in the old days, it was like, do you want silk or do you want um, mink? Which was all made up, but whatever. I want mink. Okay. Do you want volume or do you want classic? Well, uh, what is that? Well, how about hybrid? You could have hybrid too. And by the way, if you really want to go mega volume with a person with a dance, twist of lime, with a twist of lime and the person will dance and massage your feet at the same time. I mean, it's like, it's like 80 choices. All I can imagine is the front desk sweating profusely trying to explain this and try somehow to book the person when they're like i thought i was just calling to get lashes and now i'm gonna make ten thousand choices ah so hard so anyhow that sounds great i i've not read which book was that by the way do you remember it's their autobiography and i wish i knew it off the top of my head it's the family of in and out's autobiography okay i might look for that because really in and out was one of our companies that we tailored our, um, our lunch menu after. No, uh, we, we tailored our last menu. Our last menu, just very simple, straightforward. Keep it simple Thanks. and be known for something, one thing and one thing only. And hey, for those of you out there who do everything, I get when you're new, you kind of do almost want to do everything because you just got to find a way. Throw your net out wide, right? Try to pick a buck. Like I said, really, uh, Tess was, helped one person ask her, could you help her with her taxes? And oh Tess my like, gosh, sure. someone's like, can you help me make a cake? I'm like, okay, I'll help you make a cake. Yeah. It, it, it. it didn't matter. Whatever they asked, Tess was there. And then I realized, okay, no, I don't really enjoy the cake making. So yeah. <laughs> let's do right. something that I like. Yeah. And then you whittle it down to like lashes only. But anyhow, so you built this little lash empire in the Inland Empire, right? Out there. So if anyone doesn't know, that's the hottest place to live in Los Angeles, by the mm-hmm. way. <laughs> it is quite hot. 100%. That's true. It is. It's, it's like 100 degrees for about four months. And 
it's it's a tough area to live in as far as weather wise, but that's it's much more affordable than where where we live. Mm-hmm. But the good news is you obviously did something really remarkable out there is you built a chain of lash salons way before really almost anyone was doing this. Mm-hmm. I think there's now beginning to see some places popping up here and there, but really it's I feel like you were kind of ahead of the game and you did something very special and unique out there. Maybe you can tell us a little bit just about this business that you built and maybe just an overview of you know last ten years and you know what how you went from just you did you work by yourself was that always the goal or did you kind of have this game plan to build this uh, lash empire in the and lost in southern california absolutely not no, <laughs> <laughs> it never happens the way we plan so what actually had happened like, like i said i worked for a dermatologist yeah. and back in 2009 before lashes were really popular even botox and lasers he was actually opening a med spa connected to his practice mm-hmm. If you start to get to know me, I'll talk to a wall if it talked back to me. Mm -hmm. I'm just a talkative person. I love people. And so he had encouraged me, Savannah, have you ever thought about going to nursing school? Mm. I really feel people would adapt to you. And he wanted me to inject. Mm -hmm. And I thought, what the hell? Are you kidding me? Like Mac chick, esthetician turned nurse. Like that, that that wasn't in the plan. That wasn't the (laughs) storyline there. (laughs) Right. And so I actually went. So crazy. I got to the end of it where we started getting into clinicals and he could not work with my schedule anymore. And it literally kind of pushed me up against the wall. I had just gotten married. Um, Financially, I needed the paycheck. It was a big sacrifice. And my husband's here, so he can listen to what I'm saying. But (laughs) we left our first place together. We went to live with my parents. Mm -hmm. I went to school full time and I started um, to just, I'm going to go booth rent somewhere. He could help me financially with my parents that took off. It was a lot of things to think about. As like I said, third generation entrepreneur, my mom was like, let's go and check out places. And so we did at the time, this is back in early, well, I opened this in 2013. So 2013, mm-hmm. early that year, the first Sola salon in the Inland Empire opened. Mm-hmm. It was red hot. People, yeah. you know, what is this concept? Yeah. You know, it was a really different thing. So we went to go look and to rent a, no joke, probably 10 by 10 mm-hmm. was uh, 350 a week. Crazy. Right. Mind you, my mom being an entrepreneur is like, hell no. no you're paying something <laughs> like, you know, $30 a square foot or something like that compared right. to renting where you can usually pay 2 to $3 a square foot depending on where you are in Los Angeles, whatever. Correct. So my, and, and again, we're in the IE. So the prices for that would just seem ridiculous. Yeah. So she was like, you know what, Savannah, we really could get a realtor and look around for a storefront. Mom, I'm not trying to look for a I'm trying to finish school and I'm yeah. trying to go mm-hmm. back to the dermatologist who wants me to inject. I mean, my plan was not this. Yeah. Anyways, as parents don't tend to listen and know mm-hmm. better than we do. So she <laughs> called a realtor. <laughs> we went around and I do believe things happen for a reason. This is probably if anyone has ever said luck was on your side. I really, truly believe I was very fortunate for this. A realtor took us around. He took us to a vacant tanning salon that had been vacant for over uh, six years. Oh, my gosh. Mm, wow. wow. The actual center we were in was just going down the pipe. It needed help. It was a bad situation. But the reason why we ended up signing it was because they were literally going to put a Fitness 19 next to us. Mm. And I have a strategy when I open locations. I love to be around a gym. Mm. Those people that tend to go care about their appearances. So they're willing to have lashes. Mm -hmm. So it was definitely something like, wow, they signed a 10-year lease. So we tried negotiating. I don't have a business model. This is literally just me. This place is 10 rooms, 2,200 square feet. 
Okay. I have zero employees. I don't have, I mean, this, this was really just something that was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. My mom being the negotiator she is, he literally gave us a year free rent and we only signed a three-year lease. Oh my if gosh. I ever, Amazing. If I ever had a break in the industry as a business mm-hmm. owner and what it was that. I took advantage of it, of course. Yeah. We took a personal loan, me and my husband, for $25,000 and we made my dream come true. Wow. Eight years later, well, before the pandemic, which I know we'll get there, yeah. I owned four shops, over 50 employees, and gross revenue is over $2.5 million. For you. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. I know with Tuss, Way to go. similar story in the sense where she worked at MedSpa, then mm-hmm. they didn't see the vision. She went and started her own thing. And that wasn't the, the long-term plan, but it just took just off. It happened, right? It just took off. And mm-hmm. then she actually got a place. Didn't get a free year rent. I wish we got that. That would have mm-hmm. been awesome. <laughs> we did spend about 25000 fixing up the place. Mm-hmm. and But we was one employee, and ours wasn't quite as big. It was like 1,600 square feet, mm-hmm. I think. But she, you know, you, you make do and you find a way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know, you just yeah. get creative. And, you know, maybe we needed your mom to negotiate her. She's, um, she's my GM. She yeah. still helps me run these, as you can imagine. But we, it was a negotiation. I remember this and we talk about, I talk about it very humbly, but we, I remember it was her, me and my cousin. And our goal was to make $300 a day. It was enough to kind of pay us, put a yeah. little bit in the bank, store it. It was little, I mean, now I can, I can't imagine Not those days. On that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, but it's crazy to think where it was to where we are now. And again, I had the right mentor. She'll listen to this and probably like, ah, oh, but he, uh, they guided me. They, I did everything legally that I was supposed to regarding trademarking LLCs, turning to Nest Corp. Like we, and that's, again, I know we'll get there of why I'm going to Arizona. Yeah. I've always been more on the corporate side of how to do it. We just always been a small business owner though. I've always, it's just always been me. So, but we played on a higher level and yeah. that's how I was able to kind of progress a little bit quicker. Yeah. One quick thing too, that I wanted to highlight that we actually tested very much. And that was a gym thing. I mean, Tuss didn't actually build next to a gym, but she went and joined the most expensive gym in Pasadena and started just hanging out there. And I swear, like it felt like a third of your clients all came from this gym. They really care. Especially when you go to a really nice gym, these people will spend money. You're right about the demographic. Yeah. They do care about how they look. Absolutely. I, that's why I'm not a gym. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, um, so you now you did. I know you blew up. And you said at one point your height, you were four places. So when you first opened 2013, was that the year you opened up your first location? Correct. And you pretty quickly expanded out, right? I don't think I remember. I remember I actually interviewed an employee of yours at one point, and I remember that's when I first heard about you. And that was around 2015, I think. And I think mm-hmm. at that point you had three salons already, if I remember right. But might be wrong. Correct. So how so the, how did the growth go for you there? So as you guys know, because you were in the game at that time as well. I mean, I literally had to beg people to sit in my seat. Yes. It, it wasn't lashes are yeah. are not what they used to be. And so the market was very small. And I and I do believe, again, I'm a reader. They always talk about certain outliers that kind of come through and they were there at the right time at the right place. I caught in the industry just as much as I'm sure, Tess, you could say the same. It's like, whether I like to say it or not, we are considered pioneers of the industry. It, yeah. It's, whether you whether we like it or not, it just it is That's what exactly it is. Because true. 
we did get to see how much it's evolved. And I caught the wave at a really good time to where in 2013, it really didn't hit mainstream until about 15. Mm-hmm. So when it got to 2015, man, we were rolling. I already had the second location was already up. You know, Yelp started getting really popular. People started talking about eyelash extensions. Well, shit, we already have an established name. Mm-hmm. I'm the first person they're going to go to. And so it was easier to build that way. We were very active in the communities. I had a lot of great employees that just were so enthused about it and it's a new service. And so it was, it was, I wouldn't say it was easy, but it was an easier sell. And I loved it so much. The passion just was, it was an easier sell when you love it. It was easy to explain and to get others to believe you. So you're right. I think it's a good look at history because I mean, Tusty's I've yet to actually meet anyone who's been doing last just longer than Tusk. She actually started in 2005. So she literally from everything we understand the first, time lashes were on the market in the United States was probably summer of 2004, possibly mm-hmm. at Cosmoprof. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's where at Cosmoprof, the, the Korean companies came and started recruiting companies to buy the seller lashes. That's where we believe Nova, Extreme, Lavish Lashes, some of these companies mm-hmm. came out of that. Do you remember Lavish? I don't know. They're still around, but okay. <laughs> they are. Yeah, they're I out in your neck of the woods. I still get their emails. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, Tusk, that's where she started. That's her started. her career was with Lavish, so way back in the days. Anyhow, that said, but I really do feel like we really struggled in obscurity for a long time. I well, mean, you know, just like you said, it's like begging people to get in your chair. It's like I had to give it to people free. Like there was no like point of reference for what this is, you know? And there also um, wasn't social media back in 2005, 2007, no, 2008. Instagram really wasn't taken off yet until like 2013, 2014. So for us, it was all word of mouth and that's how we grew our business in those days. And then by the time 2015, like you said, 2014, 2015 really seemed like everything just re kind of exploded. And now everyone that we knew of, it was very easy to say lashes and people come screaming out of the woodworks to get there in line oh, to get them. They don't care what you're using, what's in it. All yeah. of a sudden the questions changed, you yeah, know, yeah, when, yeah. I first was, when I was first trying to get in my seat, does it have this? Does it have yes. this? I'm like, and now it's, they don't, they, it's completely they different. Some lashes on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So then 2020 comes and for everyone, we all have these great plans for 2020. I still remember, I mean, we, it happens every year, but it seemed like last year, man, everyone was posting in 20 in January and December, man, it's 2020. We're all going to rock it. We're going to kill it. Cause I really felt like the industry had grown together. Like we'd seen that new, more openness, more connection, mm-hmm. I think, between the conferences, even at the trade shows. We just saw more people connecting. And so there was this enthusiasm for 2020. And then, you know, well, this weird thing called the pandemic hit and everything got thrown into the wastebasket, into a big dumpster fire. Fire. So what happened with you guys? Obviously, you, you had four salons going and you maybe had plans for more this year. I don't know. So or, or last year in 2020. How did it affect you? What changed? Uh, you know, California, making explain people a little bit too. California has not been your typical state here in the United States. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Take a deep breath. In. So the past and all honesty, California it has been brutal to us, at least for me personally, the past two years. 2019, there was some big changes that hit. Mm. Um, oh, we first labor started, law, right? All the labor oh, laws. Labor law. yeah. Terrible. And so it was a big adjustment for us. We A lot of my girls were commissioned and it was just, it was a lot of structure we had to redo. So I really felt I took a beating in 2019 yeah. in itself. It was a lot of restructuring. So when 2020 came, we're doing good. We're in the green. This is like, we were planning to open a bigger location for my Chino Hills. It was just 
all these things. It was definitely, we have the plan and I'm a planner. And like I said, I've opened shops really quickly. I mean, from 2013 to 20, I mean, again, over 50 employees, four locations, looking at the fifth. I mean, it was just, we were going. And so 2020 came and the first couple of months we were looking for a location and an additional, we were, one of our leases was about to be up. We were going to expand it and make it even bigger, going more towards Chino Hills, which is closer to Orange County for us. It was yeah. kind of a bridgeway. It's a nice us. area too. It's, it's right. got a lot of upscale clients and all that. Right. And it was my second location. So it was ready for a remake and an upgrade. So we did that and, and in, March, uh, you know, we get hit with this pandemic that we were told, obviously, as everyone for two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) I knew when I heard that. I remember telling Tessa, that's just the biggest lie I've ever heard. Two weeks. I mean, I remember girls being like, hell yeah, we got a vacation for two weeks. I mean, and that's how I took it. I thought, you know what? I bought every new baking utensil you could have picked because in the two weeks, I was going to learn to do a lot of things. Let me tell you. you become a chef. And, yeah, I was, oh, <laughs> believe me. And so it started going. We started to see four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, probably around the four-week mark, even three or four-week mark. I was then um, getting a lot of panic from employees. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the girls are single moms or living paycheck to paycheck or you know just a lot of concern they had some savings are they are they supposed to blow through these savings right now what's going on and so I never call myself the owner I've always said I'm the leader I I have a team I love my team that's what I call them I'm the leader so as a leader I had to think for them and what was going on I appreciate my girls a lot of them are very honest with me Savannah I'm gonna have to do what I have to do and I, I go mobile or take people at home So it was a a really big meeting that we had and it was four weeks post. So now we're hitting mid-April. So again, four weeks after shutdown and we had a meeting with all my girls and I had expressed who wanted to work. What was everyone's? Please come talk to me. Like I'm here to help. I was looking to expand one of my locations and to be able to, so we never take loans out for new shops. How it is, is that all the shops end up funding it and that turns into the next location. This is when I know that I can go ahead and open. We had a significant amount saved. And so at that time, I am I going to have to disperse some of this to my girls? Is it that location was automatically out of my head? We're into a whole different ball game right now. I don't know what's happening. I have girls that I don't want to see struggling. So we had a talk and we helped a lot financially as much as we could. About the end of April, EDD kind of came through for a lot of my booth renters that they were allowed to take unemployment. So So normally beforehand they couldn't, right? But now they opened the door and said, look, even booth rental, it doesn't matter what your background is. You can apply for a loan or for, you know, unemployment. Correct. So that did help a lot of people, but it was a very minimal. They had to wait weeks to get it. It just, you know, California was, was a little backed up at that time. And we were the the last ones to start opening or even considering it. I do give it to our hair industry. They went out and they just were socking it to anyone they could. They were able to open about three weeks after, which was in mid May. When mid-May came, I had girls that just could not do it. Savannah, we're going to, I'm going to lose rent. Like I'm, I'm going to be kicked out. So we came into a decision whether we were going to open quote unquote underground for some of those girls, or if I was going to let them go independent. Um, what we decided as a group, and this was, uh, there was a lot, I got a lot of just crap talking and it is what it is now, but 
I was very uncomfortable. It was a virus that we weren't understanding. We didn't know. I was uncomfortable for these girls to one, either go to someone's house that they didn't know or that they may have thought they knew or two, for a stranger to go to their house. And so with my managers, we talked, this was a very even ground at the shop. I thought, well, if we can control the atmosphere, if we can cleanse and, and they can have a front desk and everyone's prepared and we took precautions per CDC of what hair salons had to do, we felt comfortable. We did not force anyone to come in. We did not force any girls to work. It was whoever wanted to and that financially needed to. Out of the, at that time, I had 48 employees. I had six that wanted and needed wow. to work. Only six. The rest took the unemployment and were okay with that. That's what I've been hearing. And that was what was the unintended consequences of what was, I think, meant to be good for people. But when people were given the option to work or not work, a lot of them way didn't come many back. people said I'm not working, especially for at least the for time being. People are making anywhere from eight hundred to a thousand dollars a week. Correct. So they're making, you know, they're thinking for the next year, I'll be making fifty thousand dollars a year and I don't have to work for it. Like I literally stay home and chill and, and watch Netflix and have a, a little nice long vacation. And I've heard this countless times from not just California, but from other salon owners that this was the problem that they were facing. This puts you in this horrible place, right? As I the mean, business owner. Are you the bad guy now? Like, hey, guys, I'm going to be your conscience. You should be working and helping build up the economy and do your right thing versus just sit around for six months. How did you that. feel about that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> with the eight, we weren't technically allowed to open no. as estheticians. So I didn't put any pressure on anybody. I really wanted to open an outlet for the girls that needed to. I didn't work. Yeah. Correct. If I can make it even ground here, it was eight. Mm -hmm. We kept it very simple. We didn't overlap people at the mm -hmm. front desk. It was only one person at a time. We locked the door. People couldn't come in. No extra people. It was just, yeah. we really tried to very follow it. Down. Correct. The mid-June is when they allowed all of us to open. For like three weeks. Right. When that happened, that's maybe where I became the bad person, I think, to mm -hmm. a lot of girls. And the main reason for it, just like you said, it wasn't never my intention to be rude or mean. But at the end of the day, landlords weren't helping. No. They didn't know. And so I have all this overhead and I have eight people that are willing to work. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, I told the girls like, well, we're open now. So Come let's get back. you guys back in. Because they announced it and California has been messing with us like this. They literally announced it and the next day we could open. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's no ramp up. To, uh, Clients start calling you right away. Go, hey, you open like, well, whoa, I just found out. <laughs> <laughs> so when they did that, I literally gave the girls a week. I got full staff to come back in who wanted to the front desk to, hey, let's start collecting, getting calls and opening everything up. Give the girls a week to bring models, get their hands, you know, yeah. going. And by the time the second week came, and even at that, when that opened up, I maybe had 16 people that wanted to work. Okay. So, so still. it was still very minimal. And again, it was so, as we all knew, we all didn't know what was going on. And I'd feel like I was a shitty person to tell somebody, Hey, you have to come back to work. Like I didn't yeah. want to do that, but I was trying to encourage, look guys, we're doing everything we can. We have San, especially at that time it was hard to find sanitizers. Yes. And we went through every outlet we could to make it as possible to make everyone feel safe. And so it was definitely interesting. And then once I started kind of like, let's get people comfortable we're closed again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was so, like barely three weeks. I think two and a half weeks, something like that was what the total time was. 
It's terrible. It was brutal. And so um, it was right around 4th of July. They closed us again. And the same thing. Oh, we're going by tears now. It'll be a couple weeks. Let's see what happens. By the time we know it, we're looking at October. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And (laughs) the year's almost done. (laughs) Yeah. So at that whole time, I only had those 18 that wanted to work. Wow. Wow. A lot of decisions came. A lot of leases were coming up. A lot of landlords. And I know there's a lot of people that got help. I did not apply for the first PPP loan. And the main reason why was I was very fortunate that I had a lump sum of money that I saved because I was- Yeah. A little nest egg. So for you, you figured this isn't going to go for a year. So I'll just use a little bit of that money, keep it floating. And then six months, we'll be back to normal and- Boom, it'll be mm-hmm. good and we'll save a little more money and get our next place to move on. Didn't realize that this whole year, just the whole ceiling was going to collapse. And and the government too, I mean, no offense. I've heard talked to a lot of people who apply for loans. Nope, no answer because beauty professionals, well, I think we're the most targeted, almost the most targeted industry in California, at least and probably in the whole country, next to probably events, sporting events, those type of businesses. But at least uh, sporting events still have TV revenues and such. And, right. But we don't. But there was no – I also felt like a lot of beauty professionals didn't get any help from the government. Like, well, you're a beauty professional now. That might have been because some people um, don't report all their income. I, I don't know because I know that's – you know. but I just sensed that I didn't hear a lot of people getting big PPP loans for, right. for lash professionals and all that. Most of them were like, well, no, I didn't get anything. I got turned down. And that, that seemed to be a typical story. Oh, for sure. And, and again, I call me crazy. I felt like I didn't need it. Yeah. I, I had the money. I had it saved. That's what savings is for. And so again, it, once we started hitting October, I was like, man, this is, we're not playing here, especially yeah. in California. And that was really hard for me. This is actually where the Arizona thing started to pop up. Everyone around us is open. Yes. You know, Everyone. And, Yes. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about Arizona right now. Can you, I don't know, can you spill the beans? Can you share? Yeah. Well, what happened? What got you from, I mean, real quick, just before we get it wet, you know, maybe we should talk about how you decided to start closing some of those places. Oh, okay. And then Arizona obviously became became the next thing. No, it's okay. There's there's no real order here. We just whatever. But I do think it'd be interesting to hear, obviously in October, you're in panic mode. Things aren't going right. California is shut down again. They're about to open up, but we all know they're going to shut down again because the fall's coming, right? We know winter's coming. And they're telling us, oh, you thought summer was bad. Just wait till winter comes. The whole world will end and Satan himself will arrive and, and devour the earth. So we're told that. So even me, when they open up, I'm like, eh, this is probably just for a few more weeks again. Oh, right. And especially when it was October, it's like, oh my gosh, they're going to let us for the holidays. Yeah. And if you're in the beauty industry, that's our money-making that's, season. Yeah, that's money you time. know, people come out the woodworks are willing to spend money on themselves. So I was like, oh my gosh, they're giving me a chance. Okay, girls, we'll here we go. Can we, yeah, can we rev up more people? And here we go. And I got a little over 20 employees working. So, okay, we're opening that. People okay. are, now at this point, people are mad. You know, the extra $600 went away. They're collecting maybe two or $300. It wasn't worth it. Yes, yeah. let's get back. Everyone's tired of this. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Cool. Another week to get everyone set up, get all the books open. Let's go. And what, three and a half weeks, I think it was. Yeah. They closed again. <laughs> right <laughs> right wow. around Thanksgiving or whatever it was, they, they just pull the rug out again and yeah. say, nope, go home. Nope. No one make money in California, at mm-hmm. least be professionals. <laughs> right. And it was, it was just really hard because we had a lot of clients that we're tired of it. I mean, I'm sure most people all over the world probably, or at least in the States, were watching California just burning itself off mm-hmm. because we were just like, what the hell is going on? And yeah. it's, 
were very upset. Again, especially our hair industry, like kudos to them. They went guns a blazing and they, they really did push it to get themselves going. And it was brutal. I think that was the first question mark in my head. In all honesty, I've always been one with a game plan. And this was really like my hands were thrown up. I need to give myself another income outlet somewhere. I mean, this money is only going to last so long. Am I going to apply for these loans? It's shit. What is going on? And, um, you know, he promised us, our, our, our governor promised us, you know, it'd only be to the beginning of the year. We're going to get past this and it's going to be okay. And so we stayed underground. We only kept one location open, which is my, my biggest location in Rancho Cucamonga. And we wanted to work. We did. And, but we just limited the hours. We tried to make it. We're, like I told the girls, we're not here to make all these big profits at that time. Let's make it to where we could survive. We're just hitting survival mode. Just like survival. That's all we wanted. That's all I'm asking. Give me a chance to survive here. So leases were coming up for a couple of my locations. And I was remember telling my office managers and my GM or my mom, my GM, and I'm playing roulette here. We've been keeping afloat this whole time. By the way, I got zero assistance from any of my landlords. Zero. They still expected full rent. So it was just like, like, mom, what do I do? I'm up against the wall. People that really know me, like I'm not a prideful person whatsoever. I didn't see this as a failure. I really felt I was pushed up against the wall. I couldn't believe it. But your options were limited at this point. You weren't in control and and you weren't able to pivot or adapt like you could in the past and find a way to just make it get by, right? It was just like, you run out of options. I was handcuffed for reals. It was so crazy. They opened us, but then they extended unemployment and are offering them $300 more. It's like, I can't even compete. Like (laughs) The states make it hard to get employees back. It was just a double-ended sword of whichever way I turned and thought about it and looked and I needed to find a different solution. And by the way, just just as a side note, as a salon owner, I know that often, I mean, because you are the leader, right? Everyone's looking to you and they all depend on you to have the right answers. And when you're coming up swinging, going, I don't really have an answer, people begin, I'm sure, panic. And did you sense certain team members that you thought were like, good to go. We're all of a sudden turning on you. Like, you know, you're letting me down. You failed me. And all of a sudden you're like, I'm spending all my savings to save this company. I'm bleeding myself to death to keep this thing afloat. I don't know if it happened, but I see it happen so many times. The employees begin to blame you or attack or you or you. accuse you of being selfish or not thinking about them or caring about them. Do you have you any have of that? Or? that? So it's so crazy. I know my husband's going to laugh here. I do not express any of those things out loud. <laughs> I truly feel as an owner, it's a shit end stick. And I know it was there. Do I think people felt it? I put a really good game face on and I'm not saying I'm perfect in whatsoever way, but they know that I, I'm just a strategist. They know something. So I have a lot that are just, my ones that are still here, just, I mean, they, if any belief and faith, I love them for it. Did I lose a lot of people? Yes. I lost a lot of just close people, yeah. even at that. And I feel I didn't lose them because of mistrust. The situation, I mean, I had girls that were, they had to work certain hours. Kids aren't in school. They're single moms. They need someone. Yeah, I got that too. Yeah. It just, it threw a lot of plays at all of us. And I think if 2020 did anything was kind of make people think about their own visions and what they want in life and life decisions came. And, and a lot of the times, like I said, I don't blame anybody. Sometimes it's just, it's the end of the road. I hate that it was the end of the road for a lot of people for me last year. It wasn't the time I would like that of, to have been the end of the road, but I mean, at the end of the day, everyone had to do what they had to do. And that includes the end of last year of 2020 really was like, I have to start really thinking about the shops and I hate to say myself, but 
what was going to be the best option for us to keep my addiction, you know, alive. Yeah. And because you can lose it all then. If you, if you make the wrong choices, then there'll be nothing left, right? The whole ship will sink and there'll be no way to get going. So for you, you're at this point where you now have, you have leases coming up. You had four locations. You're boiling it down. You've been operating one during this pandemic just to keep those who, who need the money can make money. But now I'm guessing the leases were ending in 2020, correct? Correct. So now you have to choose. I'm going to close some, right? You, this is the big decision that I'm sure was one of the most heavy decisions you've had to make as a business person. A hundred percent. And to do it so quickly, I was literally like, oh my God, I'm not doing this. And those property management really did understand it was a late minute thing to shut them and close them. And so at the time, at the end of 2020, it was just going to be my Rancho location and my Redlands location. My Redlands location was opened in 2019. We didn't get enough traction to, you know, to even go. So it was, I needed to, I had a great management staff there of Lash artists who wanted to keep it open, who I believed in. And let's, okay, if you guys are down for the ride, I am, let's do this. So end of December of 2020, that's what we were going to do. So we were hoping we were going to be open in January. Yep. Nope. <laughs> nope no, no, good luck. no luck there either. It's January comes and California literally is leading the nation in deaths and uh, new cases and everything. Just I don't know about you guys. Once Christmas hit, we personally, as uh, some of my lash artists and staff lost family members to the virus. There was a lot of things that I needed people. They needed to grieve. They it started questioning people. It's just, I have known more now in this last, you know, the 30, 60 days of people being affected by the virus. And I did the first quarter of last year. Oh, it's yeah, true. it's true. It's I all kind of caught up. I went We've... five months without, I think, having anyone directly connected to me. And then also now it's like yeah. every other day. Oh, someone else just got it. Oh, someone else just got it. So yeah. it's, it's right. become much more real. So now it's, of course, now the girl's like, hey, if you feel like you're sick, don't come in. And it just, it really started to play a number game with us. You know, if someone's felt sick, stay home. I don't even care if you don't think you have it. Go get tested, figure it out. You know, it's, but I had to protect my girls, the shops and clients, everybody. And so uh, the end of January, uh, my Redlands location, mind you, has not been open more than four weeks in the past 10 months. That is the only location I've ever had that I dealt directly with the landlord. He actually had the building next to me. And so uh, he's, he's a jeweler. So he came and talked to us and he's like, I don't know how you're surviving. He said, I'm willing to break the lease for you guys. If you don't think you can do this, let me know. I totally get it. He was, I hate seeing this closed. I, I, I told him, please give me until the end of the month to decide. Like, and this is literally not even a week ago. I said, hey, Ed, give me till the end of January, please. I don't know if I'm looking for a sign. I'm looking for something. Like, somebody yeah. give me something. Yeah. <laughs> and we still were not open. And so I said, you know what? That's my sign. That's yeah. a sign. Yeah. He opted. I needed to be out by February 15th. We moved everything out this last weekend. So we're down to uh, one and then in Scottsdale. So I will get if you're one, but meanwhile, this is going, you're still, you, you had, Scottsdale wasn't something that happened right now. This is something that's been in the works for the last two or three months, I guess, or maybe longer. You can tell us maybe that journey. What brought you along to make shifting saying, okay, I'm moving out of state because I can't make money in California, <laughs> but maybe you can share that journey of how you got to thinking Arizona, which by the way, a lot of lash artists seem to be moving there. I mean, mm -hmm. in the last year, two or three other big influencers also moved out there. So it was just interesting to see you follow suit. 
Yep. <laughs> As you guys know, I'm partners with uh, Lash Affair. We're exclusively their line in all my locations. So I became really close to Janelle and Paul, the the owners there. And I would go out there frequently. You know, they had new products I would try out and just uh, trainings and all this fun stuff. So I became really close with them. Uh, we went out there uh, just as a getaway weekend. We met up with them and I had actually had told him, man, I, I, I need a different strategy or, you know, I need California's killing me. I need to, I need to open out here. You guys are still open. And what the hell is going on? It was just, it was so crazy for being in California. Like I told uh, Janelle and Paul that I felt they had a virus. We had the plague, you know, it was yeah. just, it was. Yeah. It's been the plague. We went over there oh. and we were inside, you know, and it sounds what? crazy. Yeah, it was yeah. In, in October, we're seven months, haven't been inside. In fact, hell, it was cold in California. We're outside. It was ridiculous. You know, food wasn't, it was just, and I went over there. It was a breath of fresh air. And I told him like, I, you know, I, if I ever thought it was a time to get out of California and open outside and believe me, I, I've always had a good partnership with them. They had always said like, when are you coming to Arizona? When are you, it was always just a yeah. thing. And I think the fact that I was like, you know Sounds what? Like a good time. This yeah. might be the time. And so he was like, seriously? And so we started talking. This is where the corporate side and, and hopefully this, you know, lets people please do things the correct way. I looked into everything. How could I transfer the corporation? How could I make this where it would be financially a better decision for us? How can I do this? Is it legal to do it? Could I start just opening there? And I want the legalities part of it wanted to make sure that I was set. Yeah. So you can sleep at night because otherwise you have all these nervous, anxious feelings. Like what if one agency shows up or IRS shows up and we've done it all wrong? It's not worth it. Mm-mm. Right. And so we did. I went to go see a business attorney out there with my business attorney here in California. And we found out that I need to show a year residency oh. in the state of Arizona to be able to legally move the wow. location over. And so uh, to file taxes and things of that sort and not to be um, strapped, if I learned anything in 2020 is that we are not in control. And how could I give myself the best fighting chance for not only myself, my business and my team? Mm -hmm. So I spoke with Paul and Janelle and they had a, their last studio that they're connecting to their headquarters. They offered to help me out. So I am currently solo booth renting in there. Oh, wow. That's great. my mind just went blank. The manager, um, she spoke, uh, she was also on the panel. Yeah. 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 So that's very cool. So you're out there with that team. I mean, that's really exciting. Now I know where you are. I was going to ask you, where are you looking? You can actually visualize it. Yeah. Yeah. So they had me there. It's been awesome. It's almost been like that um, guest lash artist there, if you will. It's Celebrity lash artist. Right, exactly. <laughs> love it. It's definitely different. You know, we have a lot of lash friends there. I mean, all of them. Oh, it's, I love the it. community yeah. out there is gorgeous. Community. Yeah. Very much so. And they welcoming me with open arms. It's, it's definitely a breath of fresh air. And so I went, I've done all my marketing. I've done everything that we need to do. Me and my husband got a, an apartment out there. So mm-hmm. we're going to test the waters. We are in Scottsdale. Mm-hmm. So it's it's been interesting. I am traveling back and forth every other week. Oh, wow. Okay. That's tough. Yep. For the, yeah. for the yeah. next year. 
The goal is to open the storefront after everything has legally been transferred over through the corporation. So hopefully by next January, we'll um, get a storefront going. I do have girls. I know that was one of the questions. I yeah. do have girls that want to relocate. Oh, wow. Good for That's you. Great. That's awesome. That's oh, a real mark. have a I team mean, with you. Bring some familiar faces and also says a lot about your leadership that you know, oh, you're worth following. Mm-hmm. That's pretty, that's really amazing. Super blessed regarding that so that they are willing and they're so we we actually have a couple trips we're going out there and just you know soliciting ourselves out there and letting people know who we are and you know we I will always have I'm currently at my ranch Cucamonga location this is the mothership it has the 12 beds here we've been open since 2013 we have a name it's just so this is a ship that's going to be here forever and I'm fortunate for that and it can run on its own in fact it's so crazy I was telling somebody having four go almost going on five when you run one man this shit is easy <laughs> <laughs> going back down to one's like you can do this in your sleep now plus i want to bring this up because i, I know you shared this i believe it was at last boss conference and you shared about really how your mom and you play two totally different roles and your mom really completed you in a lot of ways right it's I mean, like a whole person and I, I think people have to understand this i always am looking for the angle like when we're talking about salons what do you need to be a good salon owner and that you need to have someone who's like a little bit of a hard ass and i got that your mom is willing to be that one that will have the difficult conversations will keep everyone accountable make sure the books are balanced right that you didn't have to worry about that right no, so I I have a very strong management team. There's four of us that are just, I mean, honestly, just kick ass. Uh, my GM, which is my mom, we're the yin and yang. She's the bad cop. I'm the good cop. <laughs> Ultimately, thank God the good cop is the top one, so I can know <laughs> what I need to. I'm not saying it's pretty during the holidays, but yeah, yeah. It, I, I, you know, as she says it, she's like, "Why well, I'm in these four walls." Okay, you're my boss. Outside the door, though, remember yeah, I'm your I'm mother. Your boss. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, my other two office managers, one is my cousin who was the three of us when we first started. She runs literally all my books. If anyone could jack me with my eyes open, it would be her. Yeah. But she um, 100% trustworthy, know her. Us three really built the backbone of mm-hmm. the business and making it profitable. So yeah. I trust them with everything, but definitely you need that. And if you don't have it, and I know I said this, find it. I knew I couldn't be a bad cop. Mm-hmm. I know it. And especially because I'm a lash artist and I work behind mm-hmm. the chair. I know the struggle with, you know, a client and them not listening and it just, just bitching complaining. I know that. Mm-hmm. And so it was really hard to, if I got a complaint, I'm going to stick up for the lash artist because I'm a <laughs> lash You yeah. know. You know the pain. Right. And so where my mom, who is the outside, who doesn't do lashes, is kind of like, look, I'm going to play the customer service. I'm going to be the complaint. Let me, you go back there, talk to your lash artist, get her to understand, you know, how can we make the situation better? I will handle the client. Okay. And it just became that role from the beginning. And as you know, we're on year eight. It's it's still the same role. Yeah, <laughs> secret think, sauce. And that's what I mean with Tess and I. I mean, she is a people pleaser. She doesn't want anyone. That's I'm not someone. a bad cop. Oh, she I'm can terrible. never be the bad cop. And I think that's something you need to realize when you go into. And I think a lot of lash stylists when we go into this industry tend to be people pleasers. That's why you're in the service industry. You love making people feel happy. The last thing you want to do is get in someone's face that you can't do that or hold them accountable or have that difficult conversation. That's a difficult. It's not in our DNA, I guess you could say. So it's it's great. And I always like to highlight that if I can. I know that wasn't part of this 
this conversation, but when I remember seeing that, and I loved that you were open about that. And I thought I just want people to know that, man, go find it. If you don't have that, then build a company knowing that you're going to have to bring someone on who is that for you. Don't see it as a failure. I think a lot of people try to play those different hats because they feel that's their role. Your role is to be leader and to find the best team around you that can help everyone grow. And, and believe me, there's been some pros and cons with that type of personality. You know, it, with her, she's very much like this is how it has to be. And she's old school. I always talk about this. Like she believes in the straight hustle that this is why I do give her credit for my success because I was raised that way. I, I There was no if, ands, or buts. This is what you wanted. Get it done. Figure it out. And so we just have to know that not everyone that's going to be here is going to have the same mentality. So um, that's where I come in as, as a good cop and to try to, you know, make sure everyone's happy and create an environment that people want to be at. So definitely has its struggles, but yeah, no, nothing's ever perfect. As long as you got human beings, um, Mm -hmm. it's never going to be perfect. I remember asking, uh, our coach with just strategies. I one time asked him, I said, so when is there ever a time where you don't have problems? And he goes, what do you mean? I mean, yeah, if everyone was dead, yeah, no no living people in the company and (laughs) then you'll have any struggles, but until then you gotta always find a way there's going to be a bumping here and a bruising there, not intentional, always sometimes purely accidental. And you just have to find systems and ways to communicate to resolve those problems and support each other. And that's your role as a leader, right? That's where you come in and you can bring those connections and bring that inspiration. God willing. Um, Real quick, a couple little more things and we'll wrap this up because this has been really helpful. As far as you, you, we said this a little bit um, before we got into this talk and I want to just hit it again. You've mentioned it a couple of times, but I just want to like emotionally for you, how's this felt? I mean, I'm sure the feeling of failure has crept in at times. Like, did I do the right decisions? Or maybe it hasn't. Or maybe it hasn't. Me, you know, you always feel like it's something you question your decision making at some point. So how are you dealing with all this emotionally? How did you get through this emotionally? Do you struggle with fear or feeling like failure or any of those type of things? I mean, I'm human. I'm was brought up very tough. So I think a lot of people will always, I, I, and even girls that are still work for me were like, the thing that they give me the most credit for is just being humble and handling it and not having a breakdown. So I pride myself really on that. Mm-hmm. I am human. Of course, I'm sure my husband will tell you a different story. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. Husbands but, or spouses get always the, the best yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, um, what I have said, and some people laughed and maybe some people don't laugh about it, but I feel that at the end of this, if we come out alive and still in business, Hell, I fucking won. Yeah. And so that's how I'm seeing this as a, a battle. And a, again, I'm not trying to blame California because that just sounds like it. Mm. But really, we were tossed a really bad hand. Yeah. And I felt handcuffed a lot of the times. And um, I have a great support system. So that has kept me going. I love my girls. I, the ones, especially that ones that are still here and just doing whatever and everything that we can. Um, Maybe I'll crash and burn and cry and all that after it's done. But I feel because the wave is still going, I haven't had time to sit back and maybe reflect. I think I will after this. And I know we talked a little bit, but I have a personal journey I'm going through. I had weight loss surgery, infertility, all this fun stuff. And so there's been so much in the mix. I don't know if I've had time to actually sit back and go, holy crap, like that 
just just happened. Yeah. There's a song. Um, I can't remember who sings it, but I haven't got time for the pain. It's an right. old one, but it's kind of the same thing. It's like you are surviving. You are mm-hmm. scratching out a living. So there's no time. I really. Think for- I, we, I relate when we were closing our salon. Um, once we decided to close the salon, there was a good month of hell after that in the process of transitioning things over to team members and trying to deal with debtors and all the stuff that was going on during that time. And, and there was no time to cry. I mean, we just had to get through the work. And get through it. I think after it all was kind of settled out, we kind of slowed down and that's when we let down just going, okay, now I can fall apart. <laughs> and that's even my husband. We made our first load that we were taking to Scottsdale and we packed the car and we're going and he's, we're literally leaving our garage, you know, cause we're living in both California and, and obviously Arizona right now. And he was like, are you excited? And I went, for what? Like, I was like, and he was like, this is literally, and, and people, Arizona keeps telling me like, you're going to become a resident for mm-hmm. sure in Arizona. You're going to leave California. They think roles are going to reverse on my yeah. primary residency. Yeah. But, and it is a reality a little bit that I'm thinking about. I'm like, I could be raising my kids in Arizona, mm-hmm. but I haven't had time to let it sink in. So like you said, it just really, I I wish I did. I I just have too much on my plate and responsibilities. And I, like I said, I just don't have time for the pain. (laughs) And there's seasons, there's seasons for everything. And there's times where you just have to hunker down and get the work done. There are times where you can lay back and and coast. And there are times we can just literally fall apart and it's okay. Wherever that season is. And it sounds like, you know, you know, wherever that, if that time comes, God bless you. And (laughs) Mm-hmm. pray you get through it all and and i'm just glad to see you kicking and screaming even after a year of literally going through hell in california and i know there's other places like england i mean they've you know had it really bad out there too and i'm sure in other countries so and uh, just honestly just a lash community even you too like again my heart goes to you guys and thank you so much for the support and everyone in this and people have been so supportive. So without that, it might've been a different story as well. And so I'm, I'm just grateful for it yeah. for sure. And any advice or any tips you want to give people right now about this whole process, maybe a lesson learned during this last year of what, like, wow, this is actually, if I had to take something away from this, this is my big uh, my takeaway. takeaway. Just ride the wave. I really feel that I'm such an unfortunate control freak. And again, what I learned was we're not in control and it's okay. The plan does not have to be what you first wrote down. Hmm. Take other routes if you have to, but get there and keep going. Yeah, yeah. There's kind of a surrender when you realize you aren't in control, you know, and just to ride that wave and have the best possible attitude as you can. Well, I just want to thank you so much for sharing your heart, for really being honest with our audience, because I know that there are people that are listening that have what you've shared has resonated with them and can offer them um, a glimmer of hope or a a silver lining. So thank you. And I really do feel like for those of you listening right now, if you're in a similar situation, you know, you're not alone. I mean, there's something for me comforting when we were closing our salon and you start telling that people, oh, I've been where you're at. Like, oh, okay, I'm not the only one that feels this way. And there's other people. We're We're all been hurting. It's been a year of hurting. And 2021 has got a little bit of pain left over for us it looks like so but we will get through this and if we keep sharing these stories i think we can support each other and help each other so i hopefully if you're not already let's find out how people can find you or how to follow you so that they can see more of your story 
Yes. So um, my personal Instagram is Savannah underscore my addiction. My addiction page is my addiction skin. And then it's my addiction skincare.com. You can find all the information. If you guys have ever any of your listeners have any questions, I'm always a DM away. I do offer mentorships, which is absolutely crazy to think about right now. But like you said, I do have a lot of people that are outside of California that reach to me and do mentorships because it's they're in the same. And sometimes I think people are embarrassed to ask these questions out loud. So I hope if I can help anybody in any situation, I'm, I'm literally here to help as much as I possibly can. That's wonderful. Thank well, you. Thank you. Uh, it was just very generous to you to give us this time to talk about this stuff. I know that all this is easy and that really means a lot to us as well as to our listeners. Thank you so much, Savannah. I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. That's a wrap, guys. Let's strike the set. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. We really appreciate it. As always, I want to ask you to please follow us on Instagram at Lashcast Podcast and at The Last Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. And by the way, remember, we're doing the $200 Amazon gift card giveaway. So please go post that review, screenshot, and send it to Paul at LashCastPodcast.com. On behalf of my Lash fellow, Tustin, as well as our special guest, Savannah, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing. And remember, you have a friend in the lash industry. Lash Cast.